Happy Friday, everyone. I am your host, Kyle Clifford. And I'm everyone's favorite co-host, Cassidy Turgeon. And this is Date, Date Night. Night. Now, if you're new here, well, if you're not new here, you're probably sick of hearing this, but if you are new here, what we do is we go out, have ourselves a little date night, and we go watch a movie. And today's movie was actually my pick, and today we're going to be talking about one of my favorite movies of 2023, Are You There, God? It's me, Margaret. (laughs) So I kind of want to just dive right in and ask you the question of, are you sick of this movie yet? No. You're not. So this, to play on that, this is definitely a little bit different than like any other episode we have done, because... Most of the episodes, we've only seen the movie one time when we review it. We've seen this movie a couple times. Yes. Uh, actually, thanks to Letterboxd, I know that I have seen this movie four times this year already. <laughs> so that means you've probably seen it at least two or three times with me because yep, you've been with three. me. Yeah. Because we saw it in theaters. Yep. We saw it again when it came out. As on soon as it Vudu, came out, like that day, I bought it. it. Yeah. And watched it. Yep. And, and then, then I watched it the next day when everyone was gone. I had the house to myself, watched it myself, and then... Again, for the podcast, I was like, hey, yeah. guess what we're watching? And then Kyle decided that was going to be his pick for Dick Knight this week. So, yeah, the reason I picked Are You There, God, It's Me, Margaret, is because, one, Cass and I have had one doozy of a weekend because my sister and her boyfriend came down, so we were just doing stuff. Busy, busy. Busy, no busy. for date night. Yeah, up early, bed a little late, not as late as they were probably expecting because, you know, it's my birthday, but I'm an old man now. I can't hang like that, yeah, you know? Yeah, can't hang. But I had to be up early. And so I figured come Monday, both of us were really exhausted and we were just wanting a quicker movie because the other option was Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. <laughs> and when I told Cass the runtime again, because we've seen it, but when I told her the runtime again, she was like, no, I, she put her foot down. She's like, I can't. Yeah. So we picked Are You There, Goddess Me, Margaret. I picked Are You There, Goddess Me, Margaret with Cassidy's Blessing because it is only an hour and 46 minutes, I believe. Yeah. And yeah. it's also a movie that we like both really love. Yeah. I would, yeah, I think you love it, huh? That makes me feel yeah. good because we've watched it a lot and I feel bad if we watched it that no, much and you didn't love, love it. I love this movie. <laughs> but before we dive into the movie, what's about and all that, let's just give them a rundown of uh, our our weekend. We It was my birthday weekend. Yes. Kyle turned the big old 2-7. Yes. I'm one year closer to death. It's creeping up there. Yep. I am <laughs> 27 and we went out, had some fun, but I think the most fun we had was we got tattoos. We all got Flash tattoos. Flash tattoos. This girl that is a woman, I should say. She's not a girl. She's a grown woman. She does tattoos in our area, and she was like $60 per tattoo. And originally, I was going to get one, and then Cass was going to get five, but she backed it down to two. They wouldn't let me get five. Because they wouldn't let her get five, so then I got a second one. But what's funny is that when you think of $60 tattoo, you think it's going to be like kind of small. And then when we got in there... Um, I was going to get the tattoo I wanted behind my ear mm. and then I uh, saw the size of them and I was like, that's just a straight up neck tattoo. Yeah. That's just an actual neck tattoo at this point. So it's yeah. a good deal for $60. Definitely much bigger. Like I thought the flowers would be like an inch max. Yeah. Our flowers are like three inches. Yeah. I mean, from a guy's perspective, it's probably like six inches, <laughs> but yeah, three inches, whatever. <laughs> but yeah, no, I saw them and I was like, can't get that on my neck. So I got them on my wrist. I have two new flower tattoos on my arm. What did you get? I also got two flower what? tattoos. What? You also got two flower tattoos? On my shoulder. But they're not matching. They're not the same. No. So don't go out there thinking we're all cutesy getting matching tattoos. No. I would never. Kyle got his <laughs> his birth month flower. 
in my birth month flower. Mm-hmm. He's really sealing the deal there. Yeah, it's basically like getting married. Like we don't have to get married. Any, like we don't have to like have an engagement ceremony. Do you know or, like, anyone a, else with a, a February wedding. birthday? I mean, probably. Not off the top of my head, but I'm sure I do somewhere. I could, like, find no someone. Important. I'd find someone born in February and be like, hey, you're my new best friend. Um, and I got my parents. Yeah. Birth month flowers. Yeah. And my I'm sister. I'm not going to make that commitment until there's a ring on my finger, motherfucker. Okay. And my sister got a tattoo that says, why not? Because. Uh, why not? Why fucking not? That's, that's pretty much just who she is as a human being. Yeah. That's why we love her. It's actually really cute. Yeah. Very dainty. Yep. But then Sunday, we just kind of had more of a chill day because they had to leave early on Monday. So we didn't have a chance to really have a, an official date night going out, but we went out plenty over the weekend to kind of make up for it. Yeah. So that's how we end up with Are You There, God? It's me, Margaret. And for those of you who don't know, I'm going to go ahead and read you the synopsis off of Letterboxd. <laughs> this is the tagline. You ready? Discovering who you are is a journey that lasts a lifetime. But this is the synopsis, okay? Wow, that's pretty... Pretty deep, Pretty man. deep and pretty spot on. Pretty spot on, yeah. I'm 27 and I still don't know. That's kind of why I also <laughs> wanted to pick this because I think it blends. We'll get into that in a minute. Um, are you there, God? It's me, Margaret. This is the synopsis. When her family moves from the city to the suburbs, 11-year-old Margaret navigates new friends, feelings, and the beginning of adolescence. How do you feel about that synopsis? You know, Kyle, I think that synopsis pretty much rounds it up. But it's a little bit vague. It's a little vague. Um, I'm just going to go ahead and throw you under the bus a little bit. Off mic, I had to read it a second time because I finished Ask Cast. And she goes, huh? I wasn't listening. Sorry. And uh, we're doing a podcast and this woman's not listening to me, bro. That's 99% of what a podcast I was is. Reading, I was reading some of the names on my my iPad mm-hmm. popped up right here. And I was trying to figure out. It says, like, in the cast list, mm-hmm. it says um, the a girl plays witch. What witch? Yeah, it does say that witch. Olivia Who is witch? I don't know. I don't remember a witch Neither being, do in, I. being in the movie. There's not even like a Halloween section where like they would get dressed up. And who's Mama Bunny? I don't know. Sometimes they give characters like in the back. Like, <laughs> so sometimes they do give characters that are in like the background. Like, okay. It should be like woman walks in front of car. Like they'll give them names just okay. to like be funny yeah, sometimes. Yeah, guy in car. Yeah, so I don't know genuinely who those people are. I've <laughs> anyway, seen this four times, so I don't think it, like, matters. That's what distracted me. But hey, that's, that's a, I mean, that's a valid, I, I forgive you, because I have no <laughs> I fucking like clue who those people are. I'm like, I'm like, I don't know who those people are. I'm like, yeah. can we be doing a podcast on this movie if I don't know the characters <laughs> listed? Don't know that's who, great. who Witch and Mama Bunny are. So because we saw this not in theaters and we watched it from the comfort of our couch where Cass almost fell asleep three or four times towards the end of the movie, <laughs> um, there are no trailers to do a trailer game. But I don't know if we've talked about it on the podcast, so I do kind of want to talk about brief, just very briefly yeah. our experience going the first time we went to the theaters to see it. You don't remember it at all, Oh my you? God, that was like, how long ago was that? Two months? Oh God, maybe, at least. Was that in, like, April? Sounds about right. Sounds about right. So that was, like, no, it must have been, like, May. Either or. I genuinely don't know. It was a long time ago. Yeah. But I remember it because I love this movie and I remember every single detail of it. (laughs) Uh, I wasn't sure how big the crowd was going to be because there was only, like, a few people on the, like, reserve seating list. But it ended up being a decent-sized crowd. And I was one of two men in the theater. The rest of the people in the theater were... Mid twenties or in their seventies, there was no in between. <laughs> and genuinely, what made me, I think, fall in love with this movie 
was this old woman was sitting in front of us like five or six rows or five or six seats to the to the left of us and she was there with i'm presuming her daughters because uh, they both looked to be in their 40s and she was clearly like much older and one of them called her mom so i know one of them was at least her daughter <laughs> but her reaction to a lot of the stuff just like melted my heart because i think she was relating at the time like watching it to kathy bates character the grandmother mm-hmm but was probably more reminiscent on Richard McAdams' character, Barbara, the mother. Mm-hmm. And I, she was she was just laughing at the things that Barbara was doing, and I genuinely was having a good time that she was having a good time. <laughs> so I think that lightened the mood a lot. But I wouldn't want it any other way. I think watching that with a bunch of women was probably like the best way to watch that. Because <laughs> it was really enjoyable. Because like seeing you guys, even your reactions to things was just like Did, did we see this movie early? We saw this early. Yeah. So in my original review on Letterboxd, I, I have gone back and changed it because when we went, the runtime was over two hours, mm-hmm. right? Then I realized that the movie's only an hour and 46 minutes, which means that the beginning of the movie, we got a reading from the author. Judy Bloom. Judy Bloom. She read the beginning of the book. And you and I both looked at each other, and I had to double check on my phone to make sure we weren't just going to a live reading. I was like, if this is a live I, reading, I'm going to be furious. I remember that. I looked over at Kyle, and I'm like, is this just like going to be her reading the book, like, like as like a pre thing before the movie actually comes out. Right. Are we gonna sit here and listen to Judy Bloom read this book for two, two hours? hours? I was like, "There's no fucking way I'm sitting here for that." If it is, and it went on long enough where I was getting nervous. It was, and I checked my phone long. multiple times where I was like, "Are we? Was I wrong? Like, is this not a sneak pre preview, sneak peek?" And eventually, she closed the book and they went into the beginning, and I was just <laughs> like, "Oh, thank freaking god!" Because I was panicking because this is yeah. one of my most anticipated movies of the year, right up there with. Um, Barbie. When I first saw this trailer, I was like, yes. Yes, a million times. Because that scene, we must, we must, we must increase our bust, slays me every single time. I have made you rewind. I've rewound that and made you watch that scene multiple times. Because that leads into my favorite scene in the entire movie, I think. And we'll get to that a lot later. But I, I genuinely love that scene so much. Was there anything else you remember from like going to see it for the first time, now that I've jogged memory a little bit? No. Um, so if, if you guys haven't noticed, Kyle has a much better, like he's just pays way better attention to detail when we go to the movies than I do. Mm-hmm. He notices the audience. He notices so much stuff. I'm taking in all of the experience. I'm just along for the ride. But when we are doing anything else, we'll pass a house. Like when we're driving, I drive a lot when we are here, but when we go home, you drive, do a lot of the driving. Um, which is weird that I would like. I drive when we're not in the state yes. of Maine, but when we're back in the state of Maine, you do most of the driving, which is just odd. But anyway, we're not going to get into that. Um, but road trips, no, no, no. Road trips. Cassidy's not driving. It's all me. And she's my passenger <laughs> princess, and she's not very good at it because not she has by, one goddamn job. Not my choice, though, because yeah, Kyle true. does not allow me to drive on road trips. Right. I like being in control when we're on And you know what? Trips. I ain't going to fight it. Yeah. So I'll sit in we'll the passenger be... seat and eat my snacks and control the podcast. Right. Right. And, and so, so we'll be driving and we'll take the same road every day for three months. And I'll notice a house like two and a half months in and be like, have you, look at this beautiful house. And Kyle will go, yeah, I've noticed it every single time we've driven by. And I'll be like, yeah. huh, crazy. Didn't know. What do you know? In life, I definitely pay more pen- yes. attention to detail. Yes. In movie theaters, Kyle pays 100%. more attention to detail. No, no <laughs> doubt in my mind. That is a hundred percent accurate. Yeah. That's just the way it is with us. That's the way it is with us. So... Was there anything else? Because I kind of want to get into why I picked this Let's movie. Let's get into it because okay. I've said multiple times I don't remember. <laughs> okay. 
So uh, why I picked this movie is because one, runtime. Two, I fucking love it. So cheat on what? That's just a little bit of a cheat on what I'm gonna say for score. <laughs> I fucking love this movie. It is exquisite. Chef's kiss. Uh, one of the best coming of age movies of all time. And mm. the reason I picked it is because I am 27 and am still coming of age. I have no fucking clue. You never really become of age. No, I, I think that is why a lot of these movies connect with literally everybody. When you watch yeah. a coming of age movie, you relate to it because you can put yourself in their perspective as a child. But as an adult, you're like, yeah, I still don't have my shit together. So sometimes yeah. it's nice to feel that. I don't think you ever actually do have your shit together. Some more than others. But Some more than others. Completely. But I think everybody, I never completely exactly. I mean, look <laughs> at Elon Musk. He probably thought he was like cream of the crop. He figured everything else. He figured everything out. And then Mark Zuckerberg comes along with threads and just fucks everything up. <laughs> so, I mean, we all, you know, I think being 27 and it being my birthday week, I was like, I kind of want something that's a little more touching. Also, Cass complained that I pick a lot of horror movies, which is true. I do pick a lot of horror movies. So yes. I was like racking my brain for movies. And <laughs> I was like, ooh, we could watch Malum, which is another horror movie that came out this year. I was like, maybe a Jurassic Park movie would be kind of fun. <laughs> and then I was like, I got to give her. Oh, I was like one of the insidious movies I wanted to do. But then I was like, I got to give her a break. And I don't want to seem like a horror guy. Like, that's all I watch. Because it's not... It's just 90% of what I watch. So. It seems funny that you're like, I got to give her a break from the horror movies. But I think we've only covered two. Knock at the Cabin, Pope's Exorcist, Scream, oh. Boogeyman. That's at least four that I can think of. We didn't do The Evil Dead, did we? Nope. But we did go see it. We almost did an episode on that. But we decided not to. Why? Because I remember you saying, I'm too tired. And me going, yeah, fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> that was back when I had a different podcast. I was doing a different podcast and you'd come on occasionally to guest. Yeah. And I was like, I don't feel like I wanted to, but I was like, I should have the energy. And we just let it slide. Well, if you think about it, actually, since we become date night with Kai and Cass, do we have one? Boogeyman. Yeah. That's it. We've done one. The Blackening's not a horror movie, so. No. Which, funny, actually, Cass. So uh, I've been getting my way a lot, Cass. <laughs> yeah, she has been. I went to the movie today to see Insidious, The Red Door. Um... No spoilers, but didn't have a great time. But I did leave with a free poster. And that free poster was a giant poster <laughs> of The Blackening. And I got it and Cass was like, what is that? I was like, a poster of a movie that I don't really care for, but I like the poster. And I opened it up and she goes, really? And I was like, yeah, I can't help myself. It was yeah. free. <laughs> and then Kyle, so Kyle's this kind of guy, like, if he, like, gets one thing, he'll, like, get it in his mind. He's like... I'm going to collect these now. Yeah. Well, I didn't know. So I've been going to AMC forever for these last, like, forever. It's been fucking, like, six months. It's not even forever. But feels like forever. And they have these posters out front all the time. And I never want to spend money on the posters because why would I? The price is probably fucking crazy. But then today I was like, fuck it. I'm going to ask. And they were like, oh, yeah, all the posters are free. So I was like, are you kidding me? Or are you kidding me? I would have had so many cool posters. Yeah. So now Kyle's thinking he's going to collect all these posters. As many as like, I can that are free. For you, those of you that don't know, I'm a travel nurse. We travel with one car mm -hmm. and all of our mm -hmm. stuff. Mm -hmm. Where are said posters going to go, sir? We'll stock them at your parents' house. <laughs> Not in the basement, though. In the bedroom. <laughs> and then I'll keep... And where are said posters going to go when we move back? Living room. No. <laughs> it's like one of those things where it's like you gotta have, let him have one Absolutely decoration not. and there's just a giant fist from the blackening on the wall <laughs> no I've told I've already told Kyle he will have one room of our house mm. when I'm we gonna, have a house there's gonna be an essence of me in every he room he have one room to put all of his stuff in mm -hmm. cause I am <laughs> the I, garage am, I am not having 
movie posters, action figures, action figures yeah. Pokemon cards, Yu-Gi-Oh cards, Beyblades, Yu-Gi-Oh cards, yeah. anywhere where guests are going to That's see That's what them. she thinks. I'm going to hide them around the house and see how long it takes her to realize they're there. And you may be thinking, wow, Cassidy's a bitch. No. But she's my bitch. Oh, that's no, not no, where no. we're going. You know, I may be a bitch, <laughs> but I just have an eye for, like, home decor, and Kyle ain't going to mess it up. <laughs> Fair. I won't even, like, argue that, because, I mean, I have posters that were given to me of Freddy, like, of Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah. And it took me, like, it took every ounce of my being to not be like, I'm hanging these up in our small apartment in Scarborough. Because nah, that would have just, like, ruined the vibe. It's like, you had this, you had this beautiful, like energy going on and then i had my one bookshelf yeah and i was like <laughs> i was gonna mention that i was like all right the bookshelf's not bad because it's in the feng shui it's not like in the way of anything it like goes with the room but i was like if i put up a poster of freddie stabbing a girl i feel like that ruins the vibe yep. but you did let me put up a signed uh, like an autographed poster of dennis rodman you let me put that up yes but which was nice. besides that, in our old apartment, when we had all of our own stuff, which I missed so much, I gave Kyle a bookshelf. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's, and that's what he had to keep all of his comics. Mangas, comics, all books. All his mangas, his books, his PlayStation. I have a replica UFC belt that I put on that bad boy. It had to be on the bookshelf. Shout out to Chase. He has but that. But it was it still to displayed the in the living room. And here's the thing. If I genuinely wanted to hang something up, I think you and I would definitely have a conversation about that but i'm just not like hung up on hanging like (laughs) having decorations i genuinely couldn't care less yeah and i do care and she does care so it's just not worth it's not (laughs) worth that it's like you gotta pick your battles you gotta know when to just take the strike out (laughs) and not argue the strike you know what i mean especially if it's like high and tight that is our relationship advice for the episode yeah we should start doing that a relationship advice give one tidbit of relationship advice cassidy's relationship advice corner and go Pick and choose your battles. Pick and choose your battles, yeah. <laughs> Just don't hang up the poster if, if it's not that big of a deal. If you don't care about the decor and your wife does or your girlfriend does, just let her do what the she wants. The one thing, we got to get going because we've been doing this for 20 minutes, but last story <laughs> before we move in is, uh, last story before we move on, I should say, not move in, is uh, a buddy of mine, Colin, shout out Sinelli, got me a framed picture of Larry David oh, there you <laughs> for my birthday one year picture. and a few years ago. And I hung, I put that picture up in our living room next to the TV and Cass would put it, like take it down and move it into the bedroom. And I would every night bring it back out and put it next to the TV. And she, it was just a constant battle between the two of us I to move hate, the picture around. I hate Larry David. See, now that, that is a breakupable offense. <laughs> that is a breakupable event. Uh, 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 no, Larry David is awful. That's crazy. So, um, any February birthdays out there, hit me up because I got a tattoo that I got to have no meaning for. No. But, okay, let's go ahead and dive into this movie. Um, we've been talking for 20 minutes about literally nothing. So, let's go ahead and get into our thoughts. Are you there, God? It's me, Margaret. I'm here to speak to you today about your changing bodies. The blood is released through the vagina. Please, just do this one thing for me. Let me just be normal and regular like everybody else. Just please, 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 please. What I feel, I can't say. I've decided I want you to join my secret club. If you want to be in the club, then you have to wear a bra. Oh. 
You, you think you need one? Are you okay? You can tell me the truth. Ah! Fine, good, yes. We have the Campus Improvement Committee. Any volunteers? Social Committee, Fundraising Committee. <sighs> and how are you? I read that when you don't have any loved ones around, your life expectancy drops drastically, but you know, I've had a good run. Okay, so in this section, if you don't know, Cass and I sort of come up with a few questions that we're going to ask and just talk about. So the first thing that comes to mind is this is a coming of age story set in the 70s about a young girl named Margaret who is going through a lot in life. Um, religion, she wants to, f she potentially could find a religion, although she's not super hung up on it. But her parent, one of them is Jewish, the other one is Catholic, and they have not forced any sort of religion onto her. They want her to decide. That's like the overarching theme. But she also wants to just grow up and be like an adult woman. Like we, we've, we've all been there where we want to just rush and hurry up to just be an adult. Mm -hmm. So I'm wondering to you, uh, I want to know, do you think that, how do you think this movie handled like really delicate topics such as religion, uh, womanhood in general, mm -hmm. and peer pressure? I think it did a great job. I think it definitely very, like it highlighted this young girl while going through the stages of her life and she's at the age people are getting their periods people are growing boobs and girls feel like they're falling behind if yeah. they haven't yeah and they or they feel like they're gonna people are gonna judge them for being weird but they're, then they're also judging the girls that have already gotten boobs right they're judging like, laura denker for having breasts but they're like in their meetings yeah trying to grow bigger breasts by doing these like uh, exercises yes, the exercises <laughs> So that, I think that mostly comes from jealousy. Yes, absolutely. Like as far as like judging the people that have grown boobs and have started their period, these girls are freaking jealous. Right. And I also wonder how much of that comes from the peer pressure she feels from her friends. Yes. Because she's relatively an innocent girl. Mm -hmm. Starts hanging out with these girls that she doesn't know are kind of catty, mm -hmm. but we know they're catty. I mean, they're making fun of a girl for being tall and having breasts, mm -hmm. yet they're trying to attain those things. But they're literally but they don't see it that way. to grow breasts. Right, but they don't see it that way. Mm -hmm. And that's what makes it like the peer pressure is so well done here because you don't even know what's happening until you realize, yeah. oh my God, this little girl who was just swimming around at camp, jumping off of the dock with all of her friends is now trying to grow breasts, putting, stuffing her bra and like... Praying to God Praying to, to God to start a period. Like... Well, but that's the thing is like also just being an idiot. Like kids are idiots. Yeah. I told Cass, I'm a man. I've never had a period. I will never have one. But I looked at Cass and I was like, why is she in a rush to get those things? Yeah. Which I can see. Like, I feel like some girls definitely have. But like when I was, when I first got my period, I was not looking forward to it. I was yeah. not wanting it to come. I wanted to be a late bloomer. Yeah. All right. Yeah. These like, girls are, like, begging at 11 years old I don't know what it. it was about. Maybe it's... Because movies set in the 70s. Maybe the 70s, you really wanted to bloom fast. But I also think that potentially it could just be that, like, she at one point says to her mother, geez, I'm almost an adult. And her mom goes, you're turning 12. Mm -hmm. And I think that is a big part of it, is that she gets her period and she thinks I'm in womanhood now. Yeah. And it's like, that's not how this works, sweetie. You just start having to deal with a lot more bullshit in your life. But if you do think about the time difference, like, in the 70s, like, people were like growing up a lot faster in some sense you think so like people got married younger people had kids younger that's in true the 70s in like, the early 20s it wasn't odd to be like 20 20 
and have like a child and a husband. Yeah. Or a wife and a child. married at 18, like. Yeah. It was common. Yeah. And nowadays, like all those things are coming a little bit later for people. So maybe that's why. I also think that too, I agree with you 100%. I think that too comes with it being an age where we're more accepting of, we're more accepting and understanding of differences and women in general have more say in society, Mm -hmm. even since the seventies. Like, let's be honest. Even since that, I mean, Barbara's whole arc in this is that she doesn't want to be a stay-at-home mom, mm-hmm. but she is. You can see how that shifts. Yeah. And so I can, I see exactly what you're saying, and I and I agree to an extent for sure. Yeah. For sure. But as far as, like, uh, this movie covering religion. Yeah, that's the one I really want to talk about. I was like, religion is a very tricky subject to approach. Yes. And for them to do it in a way that doesn't alienate anybody is really fucking impressive to me. Really impressive. You don't to think me. it alienates anyone? Absolutely not, because they don't shine a bad light on any of the religions until they get to the point where they're trying to for her grandparents show up and they're like, "We want you to get baptized." Then it shows you the uglier yeah. side of religion. Yes, I think it does a good job at like it never makes the religion necessarily look bad. Right. It makes the followers of the religion that yes. are so rigid the extreme, against other religions exactly look bad. Exactly, it's the extreme followers. That right. you get, because she's friends with a girl who's uh, like a Methodist. She's friends with a girl who's Christian, and she goes to these churches. And she's like, and she even goes to uh, temple with her grandmother. And she's like, yeah, it was nice. Just thought I'd feel more holy. And to me, she that, wants to feel something. She wants to feel something. And to me, that's not like a bad. Like these are people she loves. Like these are people in her life that she cares about. It's when her grandparents show up and start forcing a religion yeah. onto her. That you see the underside of that where it's more the followers, not the... It's the extreme followers that are, like, to a fault. Yeah. Like, Barbara's whole arc is that she wants to get back with her parent. Like, her parents co- get in contact with her after Margaret realizes... Barbara's Margaret's mom, by yes, the way. After, Barbara, after, after Margaret realizes she has never met her grandparents and that that's weird, mm-hmm. she's like, why don't we talk to them? And we find out that they kicked her out of the family, right. basically, because another, she married yeah, a Jewish another man. another ugly thing that can come along with right. religion. Right, exactly. And so they kick her out of the family and she, Margaret just can't understand why anyone would do that. So it's not necessarily the religion, but the extremist followers of the religion that this paints a bad light on. And that's a fair point. That is a hundred percent fair point. It paints a bad light on people, religious people that don't have open hearts for differences, different religions. Right. Right. Cause most religions I feel like teach you, listen, I'm not an expert on religions. Um, but I wouldn't even say I'm a novice at religions, but I will say that I feel like most religions tell you to be kind and open hearted. Mm -hmm. And it's when you shut your heart because they're a different religion that you get these issues that we see at the end of, at the end of the movie. And even Margaret at one point says, I don't believe in a God. I don't believe in a religion. There's just me. Yeah. And she comes to that realization. And I think that that doesn't necessarily shut her out from God because at the end of the movie, she even says, thank you, God, for getting her period. She's like, oh, you do listen. Thank you. But at the same time. She never devoutly accepts that there is anything. Yeah. So it's more like I'm an agnostic. Like, maybe, maybe not. I could be getting that word wrong, but I feel like it's maybe, maybe not. You can't really prove to me there isn't. You can't prove to me there there is. Yeah. And I feel like that's more where it lands. And I think that's a really good way to not alienate anybody and show the differences in these in these religions at the same yeah. time. And it also kind of shows, like, the breakdown. Like, you have these grandparents that are very, very devote mm-hmm. to their religion. Mm-hmm. Devout. Yep. Devote, devout. Devout, devoted. <laughs> to their religion. And then you have that breakdown of, now you have these, their children, 
that are two separate religions, mm-hmm. but they don't care. They love each other. Exactly. They get married. Exactly. And then you have that breakdown to their child that they're not forcing a religion on and she's trying to figure it out herself. Mm-hmm. And all she's been shown is that religion makes people fight. Right. Yeah. And so she's just kind of like, whatever. Yeah. I don't want a God. She says, I'm pretty sure at one point, like she's, it's just, I'm Margaret. That's like, it's just me. Yeah. So yeah. But I, I really, also, I really yeah. love her parents role. In yes. This. Oh my God. They're fantastic. Of being like, obviously religion was a big part of their lives and they saw like what it did to their family. Right. right. They saw like, Barbara fell in love with this person and her parents just couldn't accept her anymore. They literally like disowned her mm-hmm. as a daughter because she fell in love with a man from a different religion. Right. And so they saw the damage that religion caused. And so they didn't want to force that upon their daughter. And that's an amazing thing too. So they're giving her the opportunity when she's older, if she wants a religion, she mm-hmm. can decide a religion. If she doesn't, she doesn't. And they don't celebrate holidays period either. They yeah. don't celebrate any religious holidays. She's like, I just don't we, my family just doesn't do them because she doesn't want her parents don't want that impl- the implication to be there. Yeah. That like, hey, we celebrated Christmas or Hanukkah, and so they just they just simply don't. I also do love the fact that this is a movie geared towards children for adults, and yeah. I love that it doesn't use these kitty gloves when telling kids about things, but never pulls unfair punches. Like a lot of coming of age movies can do is strip away the innocence to a point where you're like, oh, this is just brutal. Like, 13 comes to mind. That is a brutal portrayal of coming of age. It strips away all the innocence in these little girls, man. And this movie does that to an extent where it's like, okay, let's make this about religion and uh, growing up and wanting to be basically a full-fledged woman and not knowing what that means. So it never pulls these kitty gloves off, but it never uses them at the same time. And it makes it appealing to a massive age range. Yeah, that's what I was saying. I was just about to say, like, I feel like the younger gener like population like teen like girls going through the periods and the boobs mm-hmm. would watch this movie and they'd obviously just pay attention to that part that right. Margaret's going through right. as far as like trying to grow boobs and like going to her first like boy girl yeah party and like spin the bottle and, like, seven minutes in with, heaven like, having ki- their first kiss and all mm. this stuff like that's what they're gonna pay attention to in that movie right. they're not delving as deep into the religion sh- stuff as people our age are right so yeah. And I would even argue that people older than us, too, would connect more with Kathy Bates' character. Right. Too. So they're watching it in a whole different perspective. I think this movie can hit you in so... And I can't wait to watch this when I have kids. (laughs) Because this movie single-handedly was like... I was like, I hope my... To God, my daughter's like Margaret. I'm showing this to my daughter instead of the freaking health... You know, like the health... The movie they play for you in health. Oh, my God. You change this in your body. We're we're watching... Are you there, God? It's me, Margaret. (laughs) Fair enough. Um, you did bring up that, um... Whenever one of our daughters turns 11, she'll have to watch this movie. We'll make every time we have a daughter that turns 11, <laughs> which hopefully will only be twice. Um, but at any point in time, this, I kind of want to go back to the a point you just made about showing this to your daughters and, uh, you, like, young girls focusing on things that they're going to have to go through soon, such as puberty. Did you at any point in time in this movie, like, see a scene where you were like, oh my god, I vividly remember something like that like asking your mother for a bra for the first time or buying tampons for the first time you know i don't remember when i first started asking my mom like when i asked my mom for a bra really don't remember it i don't know how i acquired a bra i don't that's wild because this movie makes it seem like such a big deal they make it seem like such a big deal and i don't think i ever like i didn't ever buy my own tampons until i was in college 
Dead ass. Yeah. Wild. My mom went. My mom did groceries. I never Wild. bought my own tampons. To be fair, Margaret's mom doesn't know she's buying tampons. She's doing this on the deal. She's buying pads. But pads, yeah, pads. Teenage softies. Teenage softies. Okay. Um, <laughs> but I was wondering that because as a as a cis male who's like grown up male and everything, um, I couldn't connect on that level. I could sympathize and be like, "Oh, Margaret, don't rush." Oh my God, your period's gonna be yeah. like, because this girl's saying all these things about her period and her bra and stuff, and I was just like, I can't connect to that, but I can sympathize with it. So I wanted to get your perspective on like the connection you I made. I do vividly remember where and when I started my first period. Really? Yeah. I mean, yeah, that makes sense. It's a it's a huge change yes. in your life. Huge I remember change. that, and I remember that I did not use tampons for a while. <laughs> yeah. Well, I feel like I feel like most. I mean, in the movie, they. I should have known they were pads, pads, not yeah. tampons, because she tries, like, she puts them in her underwear. underwear multiple times throughout the movie, and they talk about pads a lot. Like, they, they knew. I mean, yeah. even in the part where one of her friends, um, Nancy, gets her period for the first time, her mom's yeah. like, oh, go get her a pad. I just, you know, again, my, like, me not understanding this yeah. or that, you know what I mean? Like, I just couldn't connect to it. But I still, but that's how strong this movie is, is that as a guy who's grown up cis male... I'm able to really feel for this character when she's going through these things. Yeah. And I've never in my life had to even think about going through those things. Yep. You know what I mean? So that just speaks to like the script, the direction, the acting. I mean, everything about it just... I remember telling my mom when I started my period. I remember her teaching me how to use tampon. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, that's, and then also, I definitely relate to like them getting their first crushes. Yeah. And, like, being afraid to, like, tell your friends your crush in case they, like, judge you. See, that's a good point. Because they all sort of fall in love with this kid named Philip Leroy. and Philip. And uh, who is just an absolute goofball. I genuinely love his character so much because he's so stupid. I love him. make this 11-year-old be, like, the most, like, suave. He is. Suave is the word that comes to mind. He's a suave debonair man. And he's, like, he's an 11-year-old. What the fuck are you doing? He's a player. Yeah. The look he gives Margaret in the closet, like, when he, like, kisses her. And then he backs away and shakes his head like, you silly girl. Okay, I'll give you another one. Even though Margaret's not even pursing her lips. He's he's kissing her, but she's just standing there. This is one of our favorite scenes. We laugh every time. Oh, every time. So they're at their first boy-girl party. With their entire class. Mm-hmm. And they start playing two minutes in the closet. Yeah. <laughs> a spin on seven minutes in heaven. Yeah, I've never heard of that. It was always seven minutes in heaven, which is a long fucking time to be making out. For 11-year-olds. For 11-year-olds, no less. Gosh. Um, but anyway, Margaret and Philip get chosen to go into the closet together. Mm-hmm. And, like, Margaret shuts the accordion door. So funny. And everyone's watching her. And then she's standing facing the door. She doesn't want to you turn around. You love this part. And Philip, Philip Leroy goes, Margaret, turn around. It's, it's so funny the way he says it. Also, I want to point out that throughout the whole movie, no one just calls him Philip. He is Philip Leroy. Yeah. And we've been saying Philip Leroy. No one says Philip. It's Philip Leroy. Yeah. Okay. That's who he is. But he's like the hunk in the movie. And Margaret has a crush on Moose Freed. But her friends are talking about how hot Philip Leroy is. Mm-hmm. And they get to her. She's like, Oh yeah, Philip Leroy. And I was curious about that for you because to me it is peer pressure sort of telling her yeah. to say that because she doesn't want to seem different. So even then mm-hmm. it is peer pressure. Like you can't like him. He's not, you're not supposed to like him. 
Right. And I, I appreciate them putting that in because I feel like there are people out there who absolutely have had crushes on people and they're told by their friends, ew. Right. But you also have to think, like, you want to tell these girls, you want to shout at these girls, like, do not all have a crush on the same boy. Right. You will not be friends for much longer. Which comes into play at yeah, one point. Because when exactly. Philip and her go into the closet and they kiss twice, that's, like, the turning point in the movie where Nancy starts being a raging bitch to Margaret. <laughs> She's just an asshole. I don't know if you can call an 11-year-old. I will call, I will call Nancy Wheeler a fucking asshole if I want to. Fuck that bitch. She's 11 and she will never mature. Yeah, it's like, have a different crush. Because right. if you all like the same boy, you aren't going to be friends when one right. of the, you gets with the boy. Gets with, gets with him and that's exactly what happens. Yeah. So it's like, you just, it's another thing that's like, that's another thing that's so delicately placed <laughs> in there that you wouldn't think twice about unless you... Um, Unless it's, like, us having this conversation. Yeah. I didn't really think twice about that until you said it, like, yeah. don't like the same boy. But that's, but that is how different. it is. You don't want to be different. You think you're weird. Exactly. So you like the same boy. Exactly. Um, Sort of piggybacking off of, like, Philip Leroy being this 11-year-old suave debonair kind of man about town, even though he's only 11. Yeah. Um, how did you feel about them using age-appropriate actors? Because... To me, I'm going to let you go first. How do you feel about them using age-appropriate <laughs> actors? I'm asking you the question, I not answering it. the question. I hate when we're watching a movie and they're like, oh, this person's 15 and they're 20. And it's a 30-year-old man with abs and his eyebrows have muscles and you're like, what? They show these people in high school now, like high school-age people now, and it's like, you are 25. Right. Right. You are not in high school. Right. People in high school did not look like you. Right. Okay? You had that one freak who kind of did that everyone was like, that's a man. You know, is that <laughs> undercover cop? I can't tell. <laughs> but so I loved it. And it just made it that this movie like so much more endearing. Yes. Like that you that's had. That's a great word. Because that is. It is. That's yeah. The most, that's the most perfect word I could use to describe it this movie. It was endearing like watching these, of like these actual children navigate this. Right. Because it's things that they... Because, like, Abby Ryder Fortson, for one, she plays Margaret. Yes. Abby Ryder Fortson has a very bright future. Get mm -hmm. her some sunglasses. Uh, she's 15, playing an 11-year-old turning 12. And one, she looks the age. But two, being 15 is not that far off. And no. I've watched interviews with her, especially on those fucking newbies, before Are You There, God's <laughs> Me, Margaret came out. And she has this child-like enthusiasm and energy yeah. that you can only get from a child. Mm -hmm. And... Using um, the age-appropriate actors just makes it feel more real and connects an audience to them, including uh, the younger people this is aimed at, but also adults. Because when you're an adult watching a movie and it's supposed to be a 12-year-old or an 11-year-old mm -hmm. and you have a 30-year-old man playing somebody or like a 25-year-old woman playing somebody, you know that that's not real. Mm -hmm. And it kind of pulls you out of the movie. So having age-appropriate actors and actresses play these characters to me only sweetens the deal. Because it makes it feel more real because these people have either just gone through or are starting to go through these things that they're talking about. Plus, I feel like it's good um, representation for 11-year-olds and 12-year-olds and 13-year-olds who are watching this movie to see these people who look more like them mm -hmm. than people like Sidney Sweeney. Yeah. And they're sitting there going, what's wrong with me? Or what's that guy who plays in Riverdale? He plays Archie, that guy. Like, oh. you're supposed you're telling me that kid's supposed to be 15? Fuck out of here. Yeah, exactly. Fuck out of here. So you're just making a whole generation more self-conscious watching a movie about puberty and shit. So when you use people their age, I think it makes them feel okay to be a little more vulnerable and look down on themselves and say, oh, well, maybe I don't have breasts, but 
they're like this movie's okay with that and, and neither do these actresses on the screen or maybe they're stressing because they haven't gotten their period and these girls are talking about that and it looks these people actually look their age because yeah. they're close enough in their age that it makes sense mm-hmm. so another thing though is that child actors can absolutely make or break a movie and how do you feel about like overall with all of the children in this how do you feel this movie did with them I think they were great I think all of the kids in this were very, very good little actors. Top to bottom. All of them. Yes. Philip Leroy was fantastic. I even liked uh, Norman Fisherman. What's his name? Norman, Norman Fisher? Fisher. Norman Fisher. I liked that actor. I thought that kid had so much charisma. I loved it. Laura Denker was great in her role. Um, Gretchen. Gretchen and Janny were fantastic. Gretchen. I was watching Gretchen she and I was so like, funny. this little girl's sense of humor like, you could tell that the little actress playing Gretchen mm-hmm. wasn't having to, like, really change who she is all that much. Yeah. And it just, like, it worked. Like, it is such a risk to use children because you're depending on them to make the movie good. You have to rely on people who have had almost zero experience to make a movie feel good and look good and come across as a good movie. Mm-hmm. And that is really a lot of faith that you put in people. Yeah. And they did it. And they knocked it out of the park. Mm-hmm. Top to bottom. Who's the girl, the little girl that played Nancy Wheeler? Um, Ellie Graham. Ellie Graham plays Nancy Wheeler, who's like the sort of ringleader of Margaret's little group. Mm-hmm. And I thought she was fantastic. She, she was has some, amazing. some scenes in there. Kyle's favorite scene. Yep. Where you're just like, this girl, she is... Real. Either she is really living this or yeah. like she is acting her ass off. There's a scene and I will probably attempt to clip it in here. If you want to get out of those small bras, you're going to have to do the same exercise and technique I do. There's an exercise? Of course there is. You hold your arms out like this and you say, I must, I must, I must increase my bust. I must, I must, I must increase my bust. Does that really work? I'm living proof. Now come on, get up, get up, get up, get up. You'll see. Get up. I must. I must. I must increase my bust. I must. I must increase my bust. Chin up. I must. We must. We must increase our bust. We must. We must. We must increase our bust. We must. We must. We must increase our bust. Shut up. We must increase our bust. Shut up. working. That scream, she's channeling real rage. That's real. And this girl is like 13 years old in real life. And we've all been there. When we were little kids and our brother was doing something to annoy us, we had our g- girlfriends over and our brothers came in, our, came in our room and started annoying us. Oh, yeah. Everybody has done the shrill shriek. Oh, yeah. Mom! I did it to my sister all the time. I used to walk in and she had her friends over and just fart in the room and leave. And she would fucking lose it but that's just what brothers are for but that scream was real that's a little girl who has had to deal with an older brother fucking with her her whole life and she's 13 and she's really channeling that that inner rage and i think it says something about those actors and actresses these little tiny kids when they're so strong that you can have someone like kathy bates and rachel mcadams Mm -hmm. in this movie and they don't steal the show at all Mm -hmm. so do you know how much you have to trust this 15-year-old girl, Abby Ryder Fortson, to carry this fucking movie when you have Kathy Bates and Rachel McAdams. Mm -hmm. Like, you could have just as easily leaned on those two women to carry this story and kind of, you know, crutch Abby Ryder Fortson to the end. But they real deal zero in on 
Abby Ryder Fortson. And that's just a testament to how strong she is because she outshined those two. She's really good. And, and she's adorable. Oh, she's adorable. Yeah, she's adorable. She is adorable. <laughs> and I really hope to God we have a daughter that's just like, like Margaret. I'm not going to lie. But I also think that Kathy Bates and Rachel McAdams each have their own sort of coming of age story working side by side with Margaret. Mm-hmm. Whereas Barbara, Rachel McAdams' character, is Margaret's mother. She's learning to basically be a stay-at-home mother and she doesn't want to be. She has all these dreams. She wants to go back to working as um, a teacher in painting and art. And she's just drowning herself in shit she can do around the house and her sc- and Margaret's school to keep herself Still busy. So unfulfilled. But she's so unfulfilled. And I think that was a lot of women in the 70s, mm-hmm. especially. Like you talked about. Like, we've come so far, and we have. So I think that, too, is another coming-of-age story you have running side-by-side with Margaret. What were we going to say? Especially coming from New York. Right. Like, where the life is bustling. Like, there's always something to do. And now you're in the suburbs of New mm-hmm. Jersey. They went from the city to the suburbs of Jersey. And all you have is cleaning the house and PTA moms. Yeah. And that's exactly what she became and she didn't <laughs> want to be. No. So she's having a trouble finding her new role in life, which in the end, she's like, I'm going to go back to teaching painting. Yeah. And she does. And when Jan comes up to her, the head of the PTA, and she's like, I need you to do this. She's like, I don't want to do that. And just gets in her car and she you can see <laughs> her literally have a thousand pounds taken off mm-hmm. of her shoulders. Kathy Bates is running side by side with these two as the grandmother, Sylvia, thank you. And she is coping with being alone. Mm -hmm. She's for the first time alone. Her family has left her. She's has to come up with things to do all day. And you see her to-do list is dust and finish the crossword puzzle. And she does both of them. And you just sit there and your heart's broken because you're like, she has no idea who she is anymore. Her identity has been her family. Yep. So she's got to figure out something to do to keep herself busy. And so it's just nice to see when you, when you have two stories like that running parallel to Margaret uh-huh. and you look at the actresses playing these people, you do not think of Abby Ryder Fortson stealing the show. Yes, she did. Yes. She absolutely stole the show. Yeah. Like, cause even just her interactions with her mother and with her grandmother were awesome. And she's the one in those scenes. Like most, most of the time she's in the scenes with. Kathy Bates and Rich McAdams, mm-hmm. she's the one who you're like, you're, you just feel something from her mm-hmm. and, and you relate to her so much more than these two. And that's saying something. Yeah. Because Rich McAdams is immaculate. As I said to Cass when we were watching it, I think she gets better with age <laughs> and I love her now as this womanly mother type figure versus the mean girls we got. <laughs> and that's not to say those are the only two things she's ever done, but I just love her in this role and I think being a more mature character suits her. Mm-hmm. And Kathy Bates, I mean, I don't even know what I can say about Kathy Bates that anyone hasn't already said. She's just fucking insane. So you put them against Abbott Fortson and and I think they played well off each other. Mm-hmm. But I also think that every single scene, I've said it a bunch of times, she just steals the show. Mm-hmm. Steals the show. Anything else you want to say on that? So we're on our last two questions here. And the next one is... Um, how did you notice Margaret evolving and sort of devolving over the course of the movie? Yeah, so in the beginning of the movie, we see Margaret arriving back from camp. And she gets the news that they're moving to New Jersey. Mm-hmm. And you see Margaret in the beginning, and she's like... She's just like very like much herself. Very like, I'm a New York girl. Yeah. 
like doesn't she's living at camp she doesn't have a care in the world she's carefree having a good summer with her friends yep. being goofy no worries Silly. she's a child she's a child and then you see her move to new jersey and right off the bat they move in and nancy wheeler is knocking on her door yeah and i think this is where margaret takes a turn for the worse yes because I 100% agree. I don't think it's like, and we say worse, we don't mean like she's doing crack in the street. No. But like, this is definitely a life-changing moment for her because even uh, Nancy says, and I quote, I thought you'd be more mature because you're like from the city and stuff. Mm-hmm. But Margaret's not. She's Margaret's not like that. She's a child. And the most poignant scene is, to me that proves that balance is when Nancy and her hanging out for the first time and Nancy's like, you got to practice making out so that way you're good at it. And Nancy makes out with her um, bedpost mm-hmm. and Margaret watches Margaret her for like a solid it. 20 seconds and then starts giggling and Nancy can't understand why she's giggling. If that to me doesn't tell you the attempt to be mature versus innocence mm-hmm. is just, I, I don't, if that's not it, I don't know what would be. That yeah. just shows that Margaret's not on that playing field. No, Margaret comes, comes to New Jersey an innocent girl. Yes. She's never thought, Oh, when am I going to start my period? When am I going to get boobs? When is all this just going to happen? I want to be normal. Right. Then she shows up, and her first friend is Nancy. Is Nancy. And Who's Nancy, pushing all these girls in her group to be grown women. They're like, we have to get bras. You can't be in the group if you don't have bras. And it's like, none of them have yeah. boobs yet. Nancy's worried about all this stuff. Yeah. And so then she starts make, making Margaret think, oh, my God, like, I've never thought about this. Am I normal? Should I be worried about this? Should, mm-hmm. like, and so you almost, like, you see her devolve a little bit there. Yeah. And she becomes mean. Yeah. Laura she gets in with Yeah. She gets in with this crew. And Margaret, you can tell from the... Like, she's a sweet girl. And then she gets in with this crew, and they're all making fun of this girl, and she just wants to fit in. She wants right. to have friends. She's in a new school, in a new place. She wants these girls to be her friend. So she starts making fun of her, mm-hmm. too. But you can tell that Margaret hates it. At first, she does. Even with Norman Fisher. She's like, why would I not like Norman Fisher? Like, she hates it. But then it gets to the point where she's just like casually being like, oh, can you believe we got invited to Norman Fisher's party? Yes. She doesn't even know Norman she's Fisher. Like, this weird kid in my class. Yeah, invited. she doesn't even know the kid. Yeah. She's never talked to Laura Denker yet. She's out here talking about how much of a slut she is because she lets Moose and Evan, um, Nancy's older brother, mm-hmm. feel her up behind the Piggly Wiggly or some shit. Um, that, we don't even know if that happens. She just nope. heard this from Nancy and she's just going off on Laura Denker, like to her face saying like, you're a little slut, essentially. Yeah. And then she realizes what she said, and she's like, oh, my God, I am so sorry. Because that's right. not who she is. That's when she realizes, after she, like, is really mean to Laura Danker, and Laura Danker is like, you're a liar. You don't even know that it's true. Exactly. You, just, like, you and Nancy are all just a bunch of mean girls making yep. things up. And that's the part where you really, it's strike, like, you can see it strikes her in the heart. And Margaret's like, she's like, oh. Mm-hmm. She's like, I'm, I'm a mean girl now. Yeah. And she doesn't want to be. Right. She just wants to be a kid. Like, she doesn't want to have these issues. She just wants to hang out with people and, like, dance at the end. Like, she's just dancing at the end. You know what I mean? So, it's like, she doesn't want to have these issues, but they're being thrust upon her. And she's just, like, taking them because of peer pressure. Right. And to me, the whole Laura Denker scene where she's, like, you're just a mean girl, basically, is just the the dagger to her Mm -hmm. heart where you can see, oh, fuck. And I think it goes parallel with the maturity of her inner conflict with religion, she's handling that like an adult human. Mm -hmm. That's impressive. But she's out here making fun of girls because she's hearing rumors that she's letting guys feel her up. Mm -hmm. So it's like, 
you can see that she's trying to mature, but at the same time being weighed down by her... Nancy. By her childlike... Yeah, <laughs> by Nancy and by these, like, childlike feelings, like envy um, and just wanting to mature and being jealous. It's yeah. It's just you can see that she's evolving in one area and devolving in another, and that when yeah. she finally figures out that none of this, I don't need to do any of this, you can see at the end of the movie she is just free. Yeah. Of it all. She finally evolves yeah. after that Laura Danker scene and you see her realize, like, I don't want to be this person. Mm-hmm. I don't want to do this. Nancy's a liar. Nancy's mean to us. Like, I don't want to be friends with Nancy. Oh, I just remembered. One of the scenes she says when they're, like, talking about how sexy Moose is, essentially. Like, look at Moose. He's so handsome. You know what? Um, Moose? Oh, not Moose. Phillip. I'm sorry. Uh, Philip Leroy. They're like, oh, look at him at the party, the, the kissing party there. And he's, like, spitballing shit into the kid's ceiling. And like, look how handsome he is. He's so funny and goofy. Do you remember what Margaret says? Why doesn't she talk to anybody? She's not even looking at Philip Leroy. She's looking at Laura Denker. Mm-hmm. And she's like, why is she not talking to anybody? And they were just like, because she's weird. Mm-hmm. And she is like, so you can tell she has a soft spot for this girl. She wants to know why she's not hanging out with people. She looks so sad. Yeah. Three scenes later, she's like, you're a whore. Yeah. Because Nancy is like making her, not make, people can't make you feel anything, but Nancy's leading her down this terrible path. Mm-hmm. And I think that is where we get Margaret at the end where she's like, Listen, she blows up at the dinner party Dude, about Nancy the religion. Sucks. And she's like, I don't want to be religious right now. I want to be Margaret. I want to be a child. So when she goes to the ending of the movie and she goes to the school party where they're, you know, moving on to junior high school, she blows off because she sees Laura Denker just standing there and she's like, Do you want to dance? And she apologizes for everything she said and they just dance. Right. They just be little girlies. They're little kids. Right. And Janny notices them and she's just watching Nancy play this game over hogging and over it. again, she hogging won't let it. Anyone else. Right, and Gretchen multiple times, like, is it my turn? And she's like, Hold your horses. So Janie just takes off and goes and starts dancing with those with those two girls. They and then kids, man. They just want to be kids. They just want to be kids. <laughs> and the only one who doesn't leave her side, uh, Nancy's side is Gretchen. But I think that's just because Gretchen is so <laughs> she just wants to play the game. Mm-hmm. I don't think it had anything to do with Nancy. She just wanted to turn to play the freaking game, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then Nancy notices that Margaret is just dancing with Laura Denker and Janie, and she's, like, lost her. She knows at that point she's lost mm-hmm. Na- um, she's lost uh, Margaret. But I wanted to ask you, how did you feel about that ending? Because you get that, and then she goes home. We, the last thing we see is she gets her period at home before she goes to summer camp. And it's, oh, my God, thank you, God, you are there. But how did you feel about that final scene at the school and then the period thing? I liked it. You did? Because it kind of showed, like, when you stop worrying about things, they'll happen. Like, she stopped worrying about being what Nancy wanted her to be mm-hmm. and being what she thought she needed to be. Right. And getting her period and having boobs. But she'd been worried about the whole movie. The whole movie. And she finally stops worrying about it and she just goes about her being her. And then it happens. So, I appreciate your point of view. But the reason I'm asking is because the only part of this movie I didn't like <laughs> was the ending. And I will argue for and against it. I'm going to start by arguing for it. Uh, The ending. You could definitely say this is a fine ending because guess what? Life doesn't just have these neat little bows on them Mm -hmm. where we get succinct answers to everything. We get hit over the head with something. She has stood up to Nancy. Everything's going to be okay. All of the girls are on her side and she's going to go on and not have any more issues in her life. And she's figured out her religious thing. And that's how life works. You don't get answers to everything Mm -hmm. right away. She's an 11-year-old girl who still has... Eight years, seven years before she's even like legally considered an adult. Mm-hmm. So a lot of growing up to do. 
My issue is that watching this movie, I felt we were going to get some sort of power move from Margaret. Some sort of like, I'm not dealing with you anymore. I am done. I think her and she just stands up for that herself. group to go dance with Mordenga Right, and that is, is that. Right, that is, I, I agree that that could be considered that, but I really wanted her to look at Nancy and be like, you're a liar and you are not a good friend. Mm-hmm. But she just doesn't. And I do think in real life, friendships just fizzle out. Sometimes they just end. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I mean? I have kids that I was hanging out with every day and then just randomly we never talked again. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that happens. But... I this movie felt like so kind and endearing and warm and like heartwarming that you just feel like you're going to get an ending that is very much so an answer, a definitive answer, and we didn't get that. So I felt the wing the wind was taken out from beneath my sails. I was yes. like, "Oh." But also this is coming from me who loves sad like endings that aren't I love open-ended endings. Yes. I love vague endings. But to argue that Margaret's personality is she's not that person. She's not a conf- she doesn't seem confrontational. She doesn't want to hurt anyone's feelings. So she's not gonna tell Nancy off because what's the point? But she's she did with Lord Decker. Do what she wants and to her do. grandparents. Yeah, but It's different. It's different. Mm-hmm. How so? Because everyone was yelling like with her grandparents, everyone's yelling in yeah. her living room, like yeah. fighting over sh- fighting over religion. Yeah. And, like, that's almost where, like, she needs to speak up and use her voice. Mm -hmm. But as far as with Nancy, like, yes, a bunch of things kind of added up to be like, wow, I don't really like Nancy. It does compound over the movie where she starts to be like, I... She never really did anything to Margaret. Directly. Directly. Yeah. She made comments here and there. Margaret just started to realize, like, Nancy isn't the type of girl I want to be She cuts out the toxicity. She's, like, she recognizes that this girl is going to be toxic, so she's just done with it. And she doesn't want to have to deal with even, like, the fight like and i wouldn't even say that they aren't friends like you can't even argue that like i mean not you just speaking in general not you specifically but that they aren't friends anymore yeah. because they could very well just not stop hanging out as much but they live down the street from each other exactly. odds are they will hang out occasionally but it's not like they're gonna be every single day like they were yeah and and also Maybe Margaret just wants to be friends with everyone now. Right. She doesn't want to single people out. She doesn't right. want to, like she's just gonna be friendly with everyone, aka Laura Danker. Right. I will say that I think my issue is that everything happened too fast. The ending just The end was fast. It was just there. Yes. We had this huge blowout fight in the living room of their house. And then the next day Margaret's like talking to her mother. She says, um, you know, Margaret uh, her mom is like, It's hard growing up, isn't it? And she's like, Yeah. And then she goes to school and she just starts dancing with Laura Denker and stops hanging out with the crew. I just was like, where the fuck are the last 25 minutes of this yeah, thing? I, where so are the I last 25 minutes? Maybe that fight, though, is what led into, like, Margaret's decision to dance with Laura Denker because she just realized she's like, I'm going to stop caring about finding our religion. I'm going to stop caring about who, who Nancy says I should be friends with. I'm going to stop caring about all this shit. Yeah. I'm just going to be Margaret. Yeah. It's going to be me, Margaret. She says that too. I get that. I get what you're saying. I just feel like, you know, I'm not, I don't need everything to be wrapped up in a tight little bow. Okay. I love open endings, but I felt like we were going to get that in this movie. And with its length, I feel like we could have spent more time with that ending instead of it just being like massive fight, apology with mom or emotional moment with mom. No one's apologizing. Neither of them did anything wrong, but emotional moment with their mother, Laura Denker. 
It just happens. And then Moose. And then, yes. And she then finally is like, I don't give a shit who everyone else <laughs> yeah. likes. I like Moose and I'm going to go talk to him. Yes. And I just think that everything happens so quick. The ending just was so fast. It just yeah. felt like an avalanche. It all just happens. And I felt like, that's it? We're just done now? Yeah. So that's my that's my my beef with the ending is that it happened so fast and everything I just thought was just sort of done. Yeah. I, I do feel very bad that poor little Margaret... Gets her very first period, the day she leaves. Her I camp, know. And I know. She has know. to navigate her first period alone and her bleeding <laughs> blowouts alone at camp. Yeah, that's tough. And she can't swim. And she can't swim. She ain't using a tampon. She can't swim till her period's over. Yeah, poor girl. Poor girl. Did to tell like a camp counselor that you are on your period or something? You I probably, like you yeah, probably they do, do, right? Because you can't. You're like, I can't do the lake activities. Right. <laughs> I wish I had that excuse growing up because I just got screamed at because I refused to get in the water. I got yelled at by counselors because I would like just refuse to get in the water. Yeah. But before we move on, real quick, because we got we got to move on. We are we are long. That's for sure. Um, I aspire to be Herb. I want to be as unbothered <laughs> and He's as fun <laughs> as Herb. He's a good Herb. So. With um, all that said, oh, I do just want to go that? to, in the, regards to the camp, her going to camp. I must say, the beginning of the movie <laughs> when they're showing the scene of her like at summer camp, just like living it up. I want to go to freaking summer camp, and I'm honestly so sad that I missed the opportunity to go to an overnight sleepaway camp when I was her age. Yeah, she's doing it for like three months. She like leaves for the it whole summer so and comes much back. Fun. Right. How the fuck are they affording that? Her, but what do you do for work? But God of course, I was that little girl, that little kid that would call her mom to pick her up at sleepovers. Oh, me too. <laughs> me too. No doubt. Me too. So, sleepaway camp was never in the cards for me, but now that I'm older, I'm like, I want to I I go to sleepaway camp. <laughs> yeah. Like, send me to adult sleepaway camp where I don't have to go to work and I can just do activities and play games and go on the lake and do arts and crafts. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Amen, girly. Uh, so we're going to cut it off there and we're going to jump real quickly into our MVP and favorite scenes. Okay, so in this section, we just sort of give out who we thought was the best uh, character slash actor, whoever we just liked the most, and our favorite scene we're going to try to keep this brief because we are over an hour already. So, Cass, I'm going to let you go first. Who's your MVP and what's your favorite scene? I think our MVP is going to be the same. I think it can only go to one Do you want to say it on movie. the countdown and then just say it? Sure. Do you want to say the character's name or the actress's name? Actress. Okay. Ready? Three, two, one. Abby, Abby Ryder Fordson. She is just she exquisite. She plays Margaret and she is just... As Kyle said, she's got a very bright future. Mm-hmm. She was adorable in this movie. Yep. She covered a lot of hard topics. Yeah. And she she did it with looking good the whole time. Like, mm-hmm. she never stopped being on. cute little Margaret. Yeah. She was just on the whole movie. So, favorite as, scene. As we both said, we want a daughter like Margaret. Yeah. And if our daughter isn't like Margaret and you're listening to this in the future sometime, uh, don't hate us because you're not Margaret. So, sorry if you're not. But thank you if you are. Anyway. <laughs> Uh, favorite scene, real quick. Well, who, what scene would it be? <laughs> this is tough because we haven't talked about how fucking funny this movie is. This yes. movie had me doubling over laughing at some points. I laughed my dick off at this movie. I want to get that out there and just say, this is fucking funny as yeah. much as it is coming of age. So a lot of our favorite scenes are probably the ones that make us laugh the most. Yes. So 
I think I know what your favorite scene is going to be. Do you want me to go first? Yeah. Uh, we must increase our busts. Yes. And then uh, just them, just Nancy screaming for her mother. I mean, it's just gave me PTSD flashbacks when my sister would scream and I'd be like, no, 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 no. God damn it. Stop. I'm so sorry. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to clip that in, by the way, I'll find it somehow. (laughs) I like that one too, but I want to do a different one. Yeah. For sure. One that we haven't talked about yet. I love. It's not going to be the Philip Leroy one. No. That's what I thought you were doing. Philip Leroy in the bathroom or the closet during two minutes in the closet. It's, it's hilarious because of its cringe level. Right. Cause he is so cringy. Cause Philip Leroy is so so cringy. Yeah. But this is my favorite scene based off just funniness. I'm very excited. It's, so Abby. I know what it is. Not Abby. Margaret. Yeah. And her grandmother. Yeah, I know exactly Sylvia, what it is. She goes, she goes to spend a night in New York City with her grandma. And they go to a, a show. And then they come, you see them like having a grand old time. And then it flashes to them laying in the grandmother's bed. They're getting ready for bed and Sylvia goes... All listen here now. If you hear a or a, it wasn't me. Yeah, you die every time you hear that. <laughs> that is like that is. I knew as soon as you said Margaret and so I was like, oh fuck, right. I forgot about that scene. It's just the you she die does it every so time. fast. She's just if you hear a or a, it's not me. And it's matter of it's fact. She goes, it's not me. You're dreaming. And I, just, it is mat. It's just a matter of fact. Like it is funny. You and obviously, die every time. little little Margaret dies laughing at her grandma talking yeah. about farting and snoring. You die laughing at her grandma. I do. That's just... because Cass does snore in her sleep, and I have to be like, hey, roll over. And she's like, it's not me, it's the dogs. <laughs> yes, it is. Um, we are really long on time, so we're going to jump over into our rating and what would you change very fast, because we are already almost an hour and ten minutes in. Um... So we'll jump into that now. <laughs> So in this section, we give out our ratings and the one thing we would change. So I'm going to let you go first. The floor is yours. All right. I'm going to give this movie 4.5 periods. 4.5 periods. That is excellent. That means this movie was excellent. It was. I understand that, right? This movie was excellent. Okay. Okay. I love this movie. It's a good coming of age, comedy, drama. Yeah. It's got everything, man. Like it makes you, it makes you feel... So many different things. Yeah. Hurt you, too. It cuts you like a knife when you find out about Herb and Barbara's parents. Yeah. And then Herb's reaction to finding out that Barbara's parents want back into his life. He's like, you remember what that felt like when they cast you out, right? Mm -hmm. And I just, I was like... And honestly, he's hurt. Like He's hurt, man. Like, her her parents hate him enough. Yeah. Despise him enough to disown their own daughter. Right. And they I would never in. want them in my house again. No, never. He's a big person for allowing that. Oh, Herb Herb is one of the most unbothered people of all time. Because yes. he agrees to go along with it. All she says is, they're my parents. And he goes, you're right. And just sort of like, they move on. Mm-hmm. And they deal with it. Which is just crazy. Yeah. I am going to give this four and a half periods as well. Oh. This movie <laughs> is fucking excellent. It is damn near perfection to me. If it just... It, Made, didn't make one mistake and outside of that if it hadn't made any mistakes this would be my number one movie of the year but it's not because it just makes this glaring issue that just still every time i watch it I've seen it four times i will see it more before the year's over every time i watch it i'm like it just deflates me 
And I'm going to dive into my next thing, which is what would I change? And that's the ending. How fast it wraps I need it, up. it to I need it to draw out just a little bit longer or cut something somewhere else. Or it needs to be bigger. Or it needs to just be more. Yeah, something more needs to happen. I just, I left so unsatisfied with that ending. Yeah. But that's like I, life. So I also get that. Like I do. The four and a half periods fix the ending. I do get like. You honestly want to see Margaret tell off Nancy and all of Nancy's friends be like, yeah, we're with Margaret. Like, you don't even need her to be like, you're a bitch, Nancy. Margaret. (laughs) I I don't want her to be like, you're a bitch, Nancy. I just need her to be like, I don't want to play your games. Be like, I want to be mean. Why do we have to judge people? Right. I want to be mean. I just want her. I don't even need her to be like rude or hurtful to Nancy. I need her to tell the truth, which is just, I want to be a child for a few more years while I still have the chance. I don't want to wear a freaking bra. Right. She even (laughs) said that when she put it on the first time. She's like, her mom goes, how are you feeling? And she goes, like, I can't wait to take it off. Yeah. And I was like, oh, don't do it yourself then, sweetie. But yeah, I, I needed I needed her to stand up I to agree. Nancy. But what was what was something you would change? I I agree with you. Oh, that's I, what you I changed? honestly think that is the only thing that needs changing. Yeah. Okay. Sweet. That's awesome. I'm glad that you agree with me. We agree on something. Not only the score, but our what? M- everything we agreed on our MVP. Write it in the calendar. Someone someone mark this down. Write this it is a in historic the day. Notes of this episode. Kyle and Cassidy agree. You finally agree. On on the entire thing, our MVPs, <laughs> our ratings, and the things we would change. That's wild. We're gonna go ahead. <laughs> and get out of here follow us on social media links our uh podcast page is actually my movie page on instagram which is movie guy underscore kai you can follow me there you can also follow me on tiktok at movie guy underscore kai you can follow me on ta- on instagram at my personal one which is that boy kyle 777 you can follow me on letterbox which is also that boy kyle 777 and you can follow Cass at cassidy turgeon No numbers, just at Cassidy Turgeon. You can follow me on Instagram at Cassidy Turgeon. Oh, I also, before we get out of here, um, I just want to say, please rate us. Please. (laughs) I'm begging you. I'm on my knees. I'm not, but I would be. Just picture me on my knees, begging you to rate us. Outside of that, I just want to say that we are damn near 1,000 downloads. This is episode 11, and we are almost at 1,000 downloads. Mm -hmm. That is amazing. So thank you, everybody. What happens when we get 1,000? We get a little badge on our podcast hosting site that says... Congratulations on a thousand downloads, and it's just there, which is nice. No cold that's hard it. cash. That, no, that's oh. it. Just a thousand, <laughs> um, which is, I mean, amazing to think that we've been downloaded that many times, yeah. and people have taken the time to like listen to me rant and listen to you also rant, but <laughs> more funny than me because I get way too serious about movies. Um, so I was thank pretty, you. I was pretty serious this episode. Yeah, we didn't do it justice with how funny this movie is. It is fucking hilarious. This movie's fucking funny. The movie's fucking funny. We tried so, to re- get way too deep here. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, go ahead and rate us, follow us, all that bullshit. Share us. That's great. Thank you. Uh, go watch a movie and be fucking kind to each other. Bye.